house hadn't been torn down. In their place was a modern, for the time, I was guessing at least two decades ago, glass-fronted, somewhat glitzy, now tarnished with age. It was dated, and not in a good way. It would need at least another decade or two to come back into retro-style restaurant. Someone had sway with the city council to build that monstrosity. It marked the space, was totally out of place, and didn't look good. Someone thought their shit didn't stink, thought it was cool then and would be cool forever. They were wrong. Still, its presence said this place wasn't perfection. This place wasn't a creepy, weird town lost in time that Casey and I somehow found ourselves in and we'd never get out because we'd eventually either be captured, deprogrammed, and reprogrammed as perfect small-town dwellers. Me in my apron, Casey bringing home the bacon in a manly way. Or we'd be eaten by or become zombies. So that restaurant was good. To me, the blight of that restaurant made me like this town even more. To me, that restaurant made the town with the unbelievably cool name of Mustang, Imperfect Perfection. Hey. At this word said in a man's deep voice, I blinked at the window and turned my head. Then I froze. This was because opposite me in the booth sat the man from the bar. The man from that night. The man from the playground. How did my guard go down so much I didn't sense him even approach, much less make it so his behind was sitting in the booth across from me? His eyes on me, his attractive hand unwinding his scarf? Uh, hey, I replied quietly. This was not good. It was sunny. The diner had big plate glass windows, and my booth was right up next to one. It was not a darkened bar or an even more darkened playground. And he was not attractive. He was beautiful. His hair wasn't dark brown, I was shocked to see. It was actually blonde, but a blonde I'd never seen before. Very dark blonde with a hint of red burnish that was nowhere near making him a redhead, just enriching the color of his thick, longish hair so it wasn't just fantastic, it was astonishing. His bone structure wasn't strong, uh, defined, and interesting. It was striking. And I could see the color of his eyes surrounded by thick, long, dark lashes with the same rusty burnish as his hair. They were a deep, dark blue. And as he unveiled his throat, I saw its corded, supremely masculine length, and my palms got sweaty. Hells, bells, I pulled it together. Can I help you? I asked. He opened his mouth to speak as he dropped the scarf next to him on the seat, but I heard shouted, Gray, breakfast or coffee? He turned his head and my eyes followed to see my waitress across the way. She was wearing faded jeans that were too tight, definitely bought before she'd put on the extra 15 pounds she wore, and that extra 15 had been added to an extra 30. Same with her sweater. An apron was tied around her disappearing waist, and it did her no favors, unfortunately. Had breakfast, Ange. Coffee, he called back 
then turned to me. Finishing shrugging off his jacket, he swung it out from behind him and dropped it on his scarf. I'm Gray, he announced as he settled. Hi, Gray, I replied, then repeated, can I help you? He grinned, and he really shouldn't have done that. He really shouldn't have, because he had a dimple in his left cheek. It made him go from strikingly handsome to strikingly handsome with a hint of cute thrown in for good measure. And if that wasn't enough, it brought my attention to his lips, which I did not know how, but I hadn't noticed until they were full and inviting. My mouth got dry. I'm gray, he repeated. I tore my eyes from his now moving beautiful lips to his equally beautiful eyes, and he went on.